Yeah, good evening, my ghoulish friends. <laughs> You're welcome back to the Attack of the Bee Movies Podcasts Halloween edition. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that sounds creepy or just stupid. Probably stupid. Anyways, I am back with another episode for you. Um, this one is one of my all-time favorite horror movies, and that's saying a lot because I really don't watch a whole... I mean. We, I've gone through this before with you guys. I, I watch horror movies, but I, I don't care for a lot of the ones from, like, say, 1998 and up. Uh, I really like the B-quality movie ones. They're more, they're less predict, they, they're less predictable, and there's more, there's less style, more substance, and I, I like that. The movie we're going to talk about now has spawned an empire. It, it catapulted it, its director and writer and producer, I guess, really. I think he did all of it. Um... Directed, wrote, I don't think he actually directed and wrote it. It's propelled him to stardom. His brother along with him has become very successful. And the leading man of the movie has become the biggest B-movie star, the, the, man, the main man, the chin, Bruce Campbell. Of course, I'm talking about Evil Dead, a movie that's not, it just spawned. It, it, it came out and it was so raw and so gory but had an actual storyline still that it it was to me it's a revolutionary horror movie. I think it's one of the greatest horror movies ever made and it's not the first time it this is only the first time there's going to be an Evil Dead movie appearing on this list of Halloween podcasts because th there's at least two out of the other three are really solid horror films and the, the other one is just a, a fun watch. Uh but I mean, I, I, what's there to say? I mean, starring Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandwich, Sandwich, sorry, Richard Domanicor, Betsy Baker, Teresa Tilly, uh, Philip Gillis, and you know, a whole slew of, and the the director and writer I was speaking of is Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is, you know, in the in the '90s, late '90s, he did the Spider-Man movies, and you know, those were pretty damn good, and he's done a lot of great work. Uh, the rest of the cast and crew hasn't didn't really do a whole ton, but they're all happy they were part of it. And I believe one of their daughters is involved in one of the other was one involved in the newer movie. Um, if you've never seen this movie, you need to see it. If you've never read the book, uh, Confessions of a B Movie Actor, you need to read it by Bruce Campbell. He explains how they made this film. He explains how they made the blood. He explains how. He outlines exactly what you would need to do to film a movie and have it take off. But I digress. Uh, obviously, I mean, this movie's budget was about $375,000, give or take. And at the box office, it made $2.6 million. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it was enough that it got a cult following to make a second one. So let's get into the plot. So there's five college students. Um, the movie's filmed... I don't know where the movie was filmed exactly. I don't remember. But... Everybody that's involved in the movies from Michigan, so they're they're in the in the storyline. They're from Michigan State University. Uh, it's five students. It's Ash Williams, his girlfriend Linda, um, his friend Scotty, his girlfriend Shelley, and uh, Ash's sister Cheryl. They decide to go down to rural t rural Tennessee, and they're gonna have a nice relaxing vacation for spring break. Um, it's a nice isolated cabin, nice and quiet in the woods. To me, this does not seem like where I'd want to go, but whatever. Um, on the way there, so this also, there's also a sixth character in this movie, and it's a character that's been in every Sam Raimi movie. Even if it's not the original, it's Sam Raimi's Oldsmobile. 
the movie, I think it was in 88, a Delta 88. He has the original somewhere, but he also has like five other ones. But every movie he's produced up until, I want to say at least 2010, has had the movie, the car cameoed somewhere along the line. So uh, Scotty at the point is driving, Scotty at this point is driving the car. The car belongs, I th- believe, to Ash, actually. Yeah, it's Ash's car. And um, they almost hit a truck. They kind of have some issues there. They park, and then they realize they have to take this bridge to the cabin. And it's a rickety old bridge. And this is like one of these places where I'm kind of like, why would you take this there? And also, um, if I remember correctly, Ash's sister, Cheryl, there's some some issues with her. And she, um, that's why they go there. They need her to, uh, she wants to, they want her to relax. She wants to be somewhere quiet and relaxing. And they're like, oh, well, let's, let's you know, we'll do this. So they're walking across the bridge, and the bridge starts to collapse on them, which what else would happen, right? So now they're in this old, rickety, scary cabin. It's, it, it, there's lightning and rain outside. There's stuff hitting the windows. Um, Cheryl, she's a very good artist. She likes doing artwork, and she's, she's sketching the clock that's in her room. Or, yeah, it's in her room. She's sketching the clock, and she just kind of notices that it, um, it's not working anymore. It just stops. And she's sitting there trying to, you know, she's a little confused. And she hears someone say, join us very quietly out of, um, uh, outside of the cabin. She just kind of shrugs it off. She thinks it's one of them messing with her or goofing with her, like Scotty or Ash or, um, or, uh, you know, Linda or, or Shelly. And, um, so she just kind of shrugs it off. Okay, whatever. And then her hand just starts drawing without her really controlling it. And it um, it draws a picture of um, a book with a face on it, and this book becomes uh, this book we find out is the Necronomicon. Uh, so she draws this thing, and she has no idea what happened or why she did it or whatever, and she's really kind of spooked by it. And she's just like, okay, she decides she's not going to tell anybody because maybe it's in her imagination, maybe she subconsciously kind of drew it or whatever. So later on, they're having dinner. And uh, there's a basement to the place, right? Because the, the cabin's not creepy enough. So there's a basement to it. Um, and they're eating dinner, and the trap door for it just flies open. And everyone turns and looks, and no, one's, no one understands what's going on or why. Actually, it's not the Necromonicon. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. I think it has a different name in this one, though. And they don't understand why it... Uh, Springs open, so Ash and Scotty are like, well, we're going to go see what's going on. And, of course, the girls are freaked out, and Ash and Scotty are pretty freaked out, too. So they go down, and they find a room, and it, there's a book in it. Naturum Demento. Demanto. Um, basically, it's the Egyptian Book of the Dead, right? Only it's a Sumerian version of it. And they find a tape recorder down there, and they find out that the top, the tape recorder was owned by an archaeologist. So this archaeologist had gone to this quiet cabin to study the book, Right. And he was recording himself reciting incantations. So Scotty starts playing the tape recorder, and you hear the archaeologist reciting these incantations. And um, they don't know it at the time, but it starts to resurrect this demonic entity, which kind of has been there the whole time, right? Because it possessed Cheryl a little bit, but it, it didn't have the power. It wasn't really free yet. So... Cheryl just starts freaking out. Like, she tells him to stop playing it, and she runs to her room, and she locks the door, and she's just like, I, I don't want to... 
just leave me alone. And she's like, is having a nervous breakdown, right? So while she's locked in her room, she hears this voice, a voice again. For whatever reason, Cheryl decides she's going to go outside and take a look. So later on, Ash, now Ash took his girlfriend up there because he wanted to be like a romantic getaway kind of thing. And he gives her this necklace and she really likes it. And she's, you know, Linda's really happy about it. And um, everyone's in the cabin except Cheryl. And now comes one of the most messed up and memorable scenes in any horror movie ever. So Cheryl gets attacked by the trees and raped by the trees, by demonically possessed trees, right? So it's probably the predecessor to Japanese tentacle porn, maybe? I'm not sure. But it was definitely a scene that uh, the actress that played Cheryl to this day, she's like, I, I always get asked about that scene. And... um. So, you know, she eventually escapes from this, uh, from this, and she runs into the cabin. She's all dirty and muddy, and um, she's trying to convince everyone what happens. And she's like, I'm freaked out. I want to get out of here. This is what happened. They're like, sure, it did, you know. She's like, Ash, I want you to, give, I want you to take me into town for tonight. I'm tired of this. I, I don't want to be here anymore. So Ash agrees because it's a sister, you know. He's like, all right. So Ash says, okay, fine, let's go. And they start out in the in the night going towards the bridge, and they find now the bridge is completely collapsed. There's no there's no way out. So they head back to the cabin because what else are they gonna do, right? And it's a pretty shitty night out. And uh, for whatever reason, because he's Ash Williams, and as we all know, Ash has got a lot of bravado. He's very arrogant and not real bright. He starts listening to the um, the tape again. And during the the tape, the archaeologist says how this demonic this demonic entity can possess people, and the only way to kill it or to kill them completely is when it possesses a host is to dismember the host. So in the meantime, Cheryl starts acting really, really weird, right? And all of a sudden, she turns into what we now know as deadites, and she becomes a deadite, and she. Starts attacking everyone else. She stabs Linda with a pencil, and then Scotty kind of like throws her down the, into the cellar, and they shut the, the top. So at this point now, Shelly also becomes possessed, and um, Scotty has to. Scotty threw. They, they start fighting or whatever, and eventually Scotty just takes an axe and chops her body up, and then buries the remains. So now Scotty's freaked out. Scotty's like, "I'm getting out of here. I, I got to go back." I, so Scotty tries to find another way back to town. And Ash is pretty much by himself. His, um, he's with, um, well, he's got Linda still. Oh, wait. Uh, no, because Linda got possessed too, I think. I believe Linda gets possessed pretty quick too. So Ash is trying to figure out what he's supposed to do, what he's going to do. Um, suddenly Linda and Cheryl, they're, they're fine. Cheryl's like, Ash, let me out. I'm your sister. And, you know. and um, as soon as he falls for it, they switch back into their dead-eyed, demonic, possessed demon forms, right? He he gets, he lures Linda outside, he locks the door and um, she tries, she like he's like, alright, one down, Cheryl's I, guess, I think Cheryl was still, I don't think he let Cheryl out, I think uh, she was still in the basement so he's like, alright, I got Linda out of the way and I gotta concentrate on Cheryl next thing you know, uh, Linda gets into the house still, and the house when it gets fun because the, the special effects aren't great, 
But now is when the blood comes. And there's one thing the Evil Dead movies are known for. It's copious amounts of fake blood. And it's blood that's fake enough that you know it's fake. But it's fantastic. And like in the TV series they've made out of this that's on Stars, every year they try to add more and more blood. And they have, the cast has a competition to see who gets covered in more of it. Back in this day, it was made out of, um, um, what is that, uh, corn syrup and um, red food dye. So, anyways, this is where the blood comes in, more of it, because uh, when she comes back in, she tries to stab Ash, and he impales her. With, he impales her. Well, impale, well, he stabs her with a dagger. Um, so then he tries to chop her up and cut her up because he knows he has to, right? But he loves her. It's, you know, his... His um, it's his girlfriend, right? So he uh, you know, he's got a chainsaw. He's ready to cut her up, and he just can't do it. So he just buries her. He knows that's not gonna work. We all know that's not gonna work. Scotty knows that's not gonna work. So he buries her, and uh, he starts walking away and heading back for the um. No, I take that back. He had taken the necklace off her, and it fell on the ground where he buried her. And he bends over for the necklace before he starts walking away, and then. He, as he picks up the uh, the necklace, she reaches she reaches out of the ground and grabs him, and she pulls herself out of the out of the dirt, and he ends up decapitating her with a shovel. And then you just see blood spray out of her body all over Ash, and the body tries to rape him. So, Raimi Raimi had a little a few issues with um rape in this movie, and uh, <laughs> he eventually escapes and runs into the cabin. And then he finds out that the trap door is open, which means Cheryl's escaped now, too. So he um, confronts Cheryl, and he ends up shooting her with a shotgun. She gets injured. He, um, he runs into, into the basement again, because I think that's where he found the shotgun, and there's, he thinks there's ammo down there. So he goes to get more ammunition. And down, while he's down there, blood starts spraying out of pipes and spraying out of the walls and spraying out of the ceilings. And then when um, Ash gets back upstairs... His buddy Scotty's there, except it's not Scotty. Scotty was killed, and Scotty's now a demon as well. So Cheryl's still alive, still there, and he starts. She starts beating Ash with um, what are those things from the fireplaces? Um, uh, a poker from the fireplace. Starts beating him, and um, he gets the book that has uh, he gets the book, and it's got the necklace that he gave Linda on it. And he throws the book into the fireplace because the fire is still burning from before. And the book starts to burn. And as the book starts to burn, you can see Scotty and Cheryl are starting to decompose and blood starts spraying everywhere. And he, he's just stunned and getting covered in blood. And he's just staring. And um, then Scotty and Cheryl are dead, right? Now that's, that's his, his sister, his best friend, his girlfriend, his, his best friend's girl. They're all dead except him. And as they're burning and dying you hear the demons again saying, join us. And then it dies. The, the voice slowly fades away and the, um, the necklace is still there. So he, um, he grabs Linda's necklace as a keepsake and he exits the cabin and now it's morning. So there's sunlight coming in and, um, the, uh, there's sunlight coming into the building. He gets out and he's stumbling over to his car and you think the movie's over, and suddenly he gets attacked again by one last survivor. And the last shot of the movie before it fades to black is of Ash letting out a scream of terror before 
it goes, he just screams in terror before it cuts to the, the credits. So that, that's the Evil Dead movie. That's Evil Dead 1. And that was 1980, what did I say it was, 81? Uh, 1981. It, it, it was. It's currently rated as NC-17. It is a fantastic, fantastic movie. It's one of the most fun, gruesome movies. It's scary enough that it doesn't scare me anymore watching it, but like my wife will not watch it. You know, I have lots of friends that are like, nope, too scary, not watching it. It is... It really changed horror movies, right? Because everything for the most part had been like Friday the 13th or... Um, that style, like slasher flicks, right? Nightmare, or, um, not my, Nightmare on Elm Street. Those came out, I think, after this. Same with Friday the Thirteenth, but like Halloween was kind of a slasher flick, and so was um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? I mean, it was based off of a true story, supposedly, but still, it was you know not quite what this was. Um, and I think movie wise, one of the only other movies that had more blood than this than this must have been Carrie, and um. Yeah, man, I love this movie. I love the whole series of them. Um, you'll hear about them because I, I, I have to tell you about them. I, I can't not. They're, they're that good. Uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell both worked on it, writing it. They did plenty of projects together. Like I said, get, get Bruce Campbell's book, the first one. It's, it's great to read. I mean, they're small-town guys that, you know, became... They, they created a... They created an empire based off, you know, demonic possession. And the tricks they use to make it look good, you know, they... they just like I said, they, they were going into this small town where they were filming it and buying all the corn syrup and red dye, and the people are like, what the hell's going on? You know, they, they found... Um, oh, there was even... Um, there's a scene where Bruce Campbell... It's like, it's like a Three Stooges, three Stooges um, segment because they were fans of the Three Stooges. So there's a little fun... There's actually a little bit of comedy in there. And um, it's a little Three Stooges thing that you'll have to catch. I think they call it the fake shemp, something to that effect. But it's just a fantastic uh, fantastic movie, and it's just been, it's been... It's so good. I mean, it really is. And I think you should check it out. This is straight up a perfect Halloween movie. And um, that's about it for this one. I appreciate you listening, and... Um, so, yeah, I'm out, and uh, I don't know if I like that ending. So, anyways, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Stay tuned. More, more are coming, and I will t- talk to you later.